Good morning and welcome to another edition of Mornings with Matthew. I'm Matthew Trageser and today we'll be discussing a brand new fair study that reveals how foreign-born workers are sending out billions of dollars from our country annually through something called remittances. Joining me today to discuss the study and the concept of remittances are FAIR's Director of Research, Matt O'Brien, and FAIR's Senior Research Associate, Spencer Raley. Good morning, guys. Welcome to Mornings with Matthew. Good morning. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. Okay, so obviously this is a big study because it was featured on Tucker Carlson tonight last week, as well as other uh, mainstream media outlets. But let's begin by explaining to our audience what exactly are remittances and what made you guys interested in investigating this area more. Remittances is a technical term for people in the U.S. sending money that was earned in the U.S. economy overseas to friends or relatives or business associates for use in a foreign economy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason there is a term uh, that's used that's different than just you know sending money or money orders is because the key concept here, the money is being earned in the United States and it's being injected into a foreign economy, not earned or generated in that foreign economy. Okay. So has this been something that you guys have researched in the past, or is this really this study here something that is basically groundbreaking? Well, this is something we've kept an eye on over the last few years, but just with uh, more and more data becoming publicly available through sources like the internet, you know, on the internet, it's been a little bit easier for us to accumulate that data. So we decided it was well past time to go ahead and do a deep dive into the topic and come up with something, you know, as comprehensive as we can make it. Mm -hmm. So I know there's a ton of findings in this report, and I know you guys are only here for a little bit, so I don't want to get too deep into the weeds of it. But uh, what would you say some of the most significant conclusions of the study are and stuff that our listeners should really know? I think the most significant thing is that remittances send about $150 billion a year outside the U.S. economy. Wow. Uh, meanwhile, there's only about $6.6 billion that come from countries, other countries into the United States. So that's pretty significant. Um, it's also important to note that remittances make up about 10% or more of the economy in approximately 35 different countries. So basically... What that means is there's about $150 billion going outside of the United States every year, and roughly $140 billion of that plus never comes back into the U.S. economy, and the bulk of that money is going to drive other economies. So Mm -hmm. as a result, that often keeps other regimes maybe that are hostile to the interests of the United States in power abroad. Uh, it fuels the the pipeline of people both legally and illegally migrating to the United States. And it has a number of negative effects on the economies in some of these countries. It, it can discourage innovation. It can discourage entrepreneurship. But I think the most important thing is that this money tends to get sent by people whose lifestyle is already being subsidized by the U.S. taxpayer. Mm -hmm. The Center for Immigration Studies found that immigrants to the United States are about three to four times more likely to use benefits than U.S. citizens. And then they're taking what little money they earn, and rather than spending it in the United States where it's going to generate tax revenue, they're sending it abroad. Wow. So, Spencer, what countries are receiving most of our remittances? Is it more developing countries? Is it countries in the Western Hemisphere? Is there, is there a certain pattern that we're seeing here as to 
the countries receiving U.S. remittances? Well, remittances really go worldwide, but I would say the largest concentration is definitely uh, third world and a few industrial countries. Mexico, by far and wide, takes the most, with thirty uh, billion going to Mexico, and uh, China and India come in second and third. But you've also got a large concentration going to Central American countries. For example, uh, remittances to the Northern Triangle, which is El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras, make up sixteen billion. And to add to Matt's point a little bit earlier. In El Salvador, you see that making up over 20% of their economy. And similarly, in uh, Haiti, it makes up 35% of wow. their economy. So <laughs> they uh, they rely on this. They encourage it. In fact, a couple of these countries, I believe uh, El Salvador and Honduras particularly, actually dedicate government resources to showing potential migrants and those there in the United States the most effective ways to get money back to their countries because they rely on it. In essence, this is privately funded welfare for foreign countries. Exactly. Right. So do you think this is one of the main reasons why the Northern Triangle countries aren't really stopping, you know, people fleeing from their countries? I mean, isn't it, you know, all these people that are fleeing right now, they'll come back or they'll stay in the U.S., but then they'll remit money back. And then it's it just kind of like, like this economic driver that's happening. Yeah, absolutely. The economies in these uh, in these countries are broken and it's actually more valuable for uh these countries to encourage people to go to the United States and send money back than to stay in the country and attempt to fix the uh, right. the broken systems. And so it just encourages this vicious cycle that leaves these countries in poverty. I would So going off of that, I know that Trump recently, we've all seen, he's introduced the tariff plan that has received kind of a lot of blowback recently. But do you think that if he prioritized maybe taxing remittances or or addressing this issue area more, that could have pressured Mexico into addressing the illegal immigration surges that we're seeing now. Do you think that would have been an option for him at all? Um, I, I think the tariffs are being used as a bargaining chip wisely with Mexico. I don't know how much effect tariffs would have on the remittances, and Mexico has an interest in ensuring a flow of migrants to the United States because they're pumping enormous amounts of capital into Mexico, which is keeping the, the country stable. So Mexico has a financial interest in not ending this. But the important thing to take into account with this is that, you know, we're pretty free market around here at FAIR. And, and we don't want to suggest the government should be putting all kinds of encumbrances on people's money. However, spending money in the United States keeps the U.S. economy afloat, and most of our things like schools, roads, county jails, fire and police departments are funded by what are called use and consumption taxes. Mm -hmm. So you pay your income tax on the money you earn, but you spend money, and that money is taxed via excise taxes, use and consumption taxes. So what's happening here is that a group of people who's already getting taxpayer-funded assistance, not paying income taxes in the majority of cases, is then taking what little money they have earned in the U.S. economy, and they're sending it out. So they're not having any significant portion of their earnings tax to pay for any of the services that they use. And that's a big financial problem for the United States. Yeah, that's definitely alarming. I mean, going off of that, why don't you think remittances in general are addressed or kind of 
talked about more. I mean, there seems to be this emphasis on asylum reform, building the wall, you know, as there should be. But this is an, an area that's very rarely talked about in Congress or even in the media. Well, I think it's it, it can be a little bit difficult to talk about because, like Matt said, you know, we uh, you have people on the right who want to, you know, keep America relatively open, you know, very open market, not necessarily increase taxes. And for open border proponents, this is this is what they're looking for. You get more migrants to come to the United States. And if you uh, address the issue of remittances, that's not that's going to that's going to discourage more from coming to the United States and uh, relying on uh, their policies and their programs. I, I think this is, in a way, a lot of people on the the left and on the open borders side of this issue see this as the U.S. paying a financial penalty for being a first world country with a developed economy. And so they like seeing this money go into developing countries because it does make a difference in the economy. The problem is that a lot of times it makes the problems that keep that country as a developing country worse. I, I think the the other aspect of this that's a little different than other immigration issues is this is not just something that's associated with illegal aliens or with low-wage or low-skilled migrants. It runs across the migrant spectrum. So you will have you know neurosurgeons from India mm -hmm. um, as well as the, the lowliest agricultural laborer from Mexico sending money back and the proportion just increases with the amount of the person's income. And just to add a little bit to that, um, especially for uh, those on the left who are fighting to, I guess, uh, promote illegal immigration or, or suggest that illegal aliens contribute more to the economy than they take out, we found that illegal aliens remit nearly $30 billion on their own, $28.8 And so for those that are wanting to encourage illegal immigration and offer amnesty, this isn't a, this doesn't look good on that to see that this uh, large chunk of money leaving the country every year and stemming from those that aren't even supposed to be here in the first place. And that's all in addition to, uh, you know, the, the annual fiscal cost of illegal immigration. I know you guys did a separate study on that, but I mean, that's a whole separate number. I, I mean, it's unbelievable how much money is, or, you know, illegal immigration is costing the nation annually. Um, going off of that, I know that you guys mentioned in the end of the study that there are some solutions. Um, I know you mentioned that Oklahoma actually uh, has some type of remittance tax. It's the only state in the whole country that places a remittance tax on, on transfers. Um, but what would you recommend some solutions are here? Because this is something that's obviously not going away, and it's a large figure. Well, what Oklahoma does is they, they tried to look at what are they losing in tax revenue and come up with some sort of wire transfer to help make up for that. And so they, they charge 1% on all outgoing wire transfers out of the country, whether you're a, a U.S. citizen that's sending money to friends or family members that may be traveling abroad or living abroad or an immigrant. So it isn't targeted as, you know, particularly towards immigrants or anyone else, but the idea was to try to recoup some of the lost tax dollars that they're making. And, and it's been largely effective. They brought in $13 million in fiscal year 2018, which makes up uh, you know, it's a, a significant portion of the budget in a small state. It also isn't penalizing migrants per se because the way yeah. Oklahoma did it, it applies to all outgoing wire transfers. Mm -hmm. So anyone, U.S. citizen, lawfully present alien, non-immigrant who is here temporarily on a non-immigrant visa, illegal alien, 
everyone pays the tax on the wire transfers. So I, I think that's one solution. Um, to the extent that the term tax makes people nervous, I would encourage people to look at this more like the resort fees and uh, passenger fees that are levied in resort communities to pay for tourist infrastructure, um, pay for new airports and, and things of that nature. Um, so I know that some people who are open borders advocates, some people on the left, uh, they argue that, you know, remittances help develop nations and are a form of aid. And I know you, you touched on this briefly, but what would you say is your response to those that's, that say that? I mean, it seems that they're right in the sense that it is, you know, billions of dollars coming to these uh, countries, like you mentioned, Haiti. But there's also, you know, negatives associated with that. Well, we used in the study India as an example, and, and one of the things that is key to this whole process is the people in the foreign countries receiving this money are playing the currency exchange markets. And so typically, U.S. money is worth more in these developing countries, and the buying power of the dollar is much more significant than it is here in the United States. So relatively small amounts of money for the person who is here in the United States can have a huge economic impact on family members that are outside of the U.S. And if you take a look at, at the Indian example, um, four or $500 a month remitted to a family in India can allow that family to live in a style that is significantly more opulent than their neighbors where, you know, the, the wage in India can go anywhere from 60 to 90 cents an hour. Um, but what that does is it tends to act like welfare programs in the United States do and it discourages people from going out and finding work. Uh, in a lot of cases, it removes the incentive for people to get additional training. One of the arguments that's frequently made by people who support this is that, oh, people use that money to go to school. But we did a lot of research on this and couldn't find that that was the, was the case in the majority of circumstances. And I think the other thing is it frequently robs people of the the impulse to engage in entrepreneurship in their communities. They have money, they have a steady source, so why start a business and work when you can enjoy the money? And, and then I think the final thing to take into account is sometimes the influxes of cash are so significant that they can actually drive prices up in these countries and cause inflation, which has been observable in places like Mexico and the countries in the Northern Triangle. That money flows in and people go, well, listen, I can charge a higher price for this and then that just feeds the cycle and people in the U.S. need to remit more money and you, you can actually cause economic crashes that way. Well said. And just uh, add a little bit to that. Um, another impact this does is when you continually make uh, create this crutch for countries to rely on those in those countries that have skill or they're undergoing training realize, hey, I can I can simply go to the United States and make money there and send it back to my family and um, have some left over. So you, you create what's known as a brain drain mm -hmm. to where those that can help build the economy in a nation actually leave in order to make money to send back to the nation just kind of further, uh, you know, just further puts that nation on a crutch. So one area I've seen in the news recently is the U.S.-China trade relations, and they, they seem to be kind of at a, a very tense moment right now. Um, obviously, there is a big trade deficit that President Trump is upset about, 
but it seems like remittances are almost another form of a trade deficit. Uh, Spencer, can you elaborate more on this? Yeah, what we found, uh, of course, the total trade deficit, the trade deficit that uh, that uh, Trump has been referring to lately is about $335 billion. It's, it's a huge number, but what we noticed in uh, putting together this report is that China takes in the second highest amount of remittances from the United States. In fact, it comes out to a little over $16 billion, but they only send $149 million back, which is just a very small amount compared to the amount of remittances they receive. Mm -hmm. So we were looking at that and thinking, you know, this basically comes up with a remittance deficit in addition to the trade deficit. And the disparity there comes out to just under $16 billion. That's particularly significant because given the trade deficit with China and the amount of business that we do with China, this means that currently there is a lot more money flowing out of the U.S. economy and into China's economy rather than the other way around. So that's not to say that U.S. businesses aren't earning money off of our trade relationship with China, but it is to say that China appears to be gaining more out of the relationship. Now, it's we want to have a good trade relationship with China because generally you don't wind up at war with your trading partners when you're economically enmeshed. It creates an incentive not to have other kinds of problems. But by the same token, you want there to be a relatively level playing field um, in terms of what the various parties are getting out of the trade relationship. And so when you take and combine the trade uh, imbalance with the remittance imbalance, it shows that we have an overall economic deficit with China, which could be harming the United States. You know, that's a very noteworthy figure that I don't think a lot of people, especially in the media, are picking up on is this separate remittance number. And I think even myself, when I first looked at this study, I assumed most of the remittances leaving the U.S. were going to, you know, Mexico, Central America. But in fact, one of the largest recipients is China. And I think this is definitely an alarming figure when you factor in the trade deficit already. Um, that certainly needs to be addressed, hopefully with President Trump and the administration. But I know tensions are high at the moment. So it might take some time before that can even be addressed. Great stuff as always from our Director of Research, Matt O'Brien, and Senior Research Associate, Spencer Rayleigh. Uh, thanks guys for coming on. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely. So to see the full study, uh, please visit our website at fairus.org. Uh, it's posted on our social media accounts. Tune in next week for another edition of Mornings with Matthew. <laughs>